The Third Men Podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun celebration of Jack White and is in no way directly affiliated with Third Man Records or the man himself. For the definitive history of Jack White and his music, please consult your local Jack White. And for everyone else looking for a home, you found one here, in a place so seedy. Enjoy! Podcast. We're Jack White History Program. Where we talk about Jack White, Third Man Records. I'm your co-host, Paul Kaminsky. I'm your other co-host, James Kaminsky. Oh, James. Oh, we got another good one here. It's fantastic. It's enthusiastic. It's glorious. Because of this song they did called Glory. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yes. Um, it delicious is. Delicious pod noise. Are you... Are you coming on to me? <laughs> <laughs> we like. Do you guys like our delicious pod noise right now? <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to welcome to the show this week. We've got a, a wonderful extended interview with the band Radkey. That's all of them. All Isaiah, of them this time. Isaiah D. Solomon. They're all here. All three of them. And we're we're talking to them here on the Third Man Podcast. This season is chock-a-block full of interviews. We've gone into that in the past, but now you've got three for the price of one here. We've got all of the Radkey brothers, and it's an incredible interview, and they are super fun to have on the show. Spoiler alert, they have their own podcast if you'd like to hear them, but they're talking about not just Third Man stuff, also talking about, you know, video games and, and anime and whatnot and Star Wars. Uh-huh. Man, I could talk to these guys for hours. Yeah, well... We love Radke. We talked to Isaiah Radke last year. You know, we talked to him a little bit about opening for Jack White because the connection of Radke to the third band world is that they opened on a portion of the Boarding House Reach Tour. They were the opening act. And at, up until that point, I don't think we ever had an opening act for any of Jack's um, groups on the show. So that was really special and uh, very fun to talk to Isaiah. And then in November 2019, I got the chance to hang out with the guys when they were out here in L.A. on tour. I got to see a show of theirs. That was very fun. And then we hung out, had some lunch, witnessed a wildfire. It was great. We talked a lot about comics and Star Wars and all that stuff. Super cool. Really, really great guys. 
And as of a couple weeks ago, they have a new record out called Green Room, which is excellent. It's really, really good. Now, we conducted this interview over the summer, and at the time, the actual release date of Green Room was a little in flux. So we may be talking about it as if we're not sure if it's out or not in the interview, uh, in addition to a couple other things like the podcast, which is also live, by the way. But rest assured, you can go and get Green Room now and uh, check out Radkey's website for more info about how to pick that up. But yeah, we talk a lot about it in the interview. If you've never delved into Radkey before, this is the one to do it. It's a really good record. Not that the others aren't, but this one is particularly accessible. The songs are really hooky. The musicianship is top-notch, and their production is excellent. It's really, really good. So we can't recommend that highly enough, and we're going to be talking to the guys from Radkey today on the show. Yeah, it's... I think I mentioned it before, a very fun interview. And uh, this album, Paul Isn't Lying, it's probably my favorite of theirs so far. So you should all pick it up. It's Green Room, and you should pick it up uh, wherever you can. Yeah. Well, James, just as we were talking here, I was going to do another segment. (gasps) But I think, actually, just as we're talking, I think I came up with another segment that maybe (gasps) we should just do instead. Okay. Paul, hit me. I don't really have a name for it. Like we can workshop it, but it was like Jack White. What do you What are you doing with that couch? Uh, it's like an upholstery segment. Okay, stitch, stitch. The stitch in the spur. The stitch in the spur is very good. The stitch and the spur. All right, James. This is a brand new segment <laughs> called the stitch and the spur. Great. <laughs> We can sew. There you go, you can sew. Ah, only we had known this earlier. Sewing. Look at that. All right, James, since you don't know and I don't know, I can't ask you to tell the people what the stitch and the spur is. But what I'm going to say to you is this. We're going to just talk about some of the crazy things Jack White is posting on the Third Man Upholstery Instagram. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And that's going to be the segment. Sure. Yes. I had a whole other thing where we're going to talk about some other It's nonsense. Okay. This is much better. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm into it. So Jack posted recently a photo, and this is really cool. He posted a photo of him with his dog way back in the day. Yeah. uh, Crap, it's in Astro. He name checks that dog in Astro, doesn't he? Jasper. Jasper. His dog Jasper. I don't know if this is the first image to surface of Jasper, but this is super cool because it's Jack White here posing with a red guitar. looks like a gibson or something it's not the airline and he's got the shaved sides of his head but he's got the long hair on top Mm -hmm. and so that's very like start of the white stripes kind of ish era and the caption reads this and we assume jack white is writing all of these captions i think he is or at the very least he's he's dictating Dictating, them to someone who has a gadget i think olivia and ben were both helping him post them gotcha but i do believe he is the one writing these because he's responding to the people as well like actually typing so i think he is 
you know, the one yeah. that I'm doing this. So this one reads, old third man upholstery shop photo I found while looking for a picture of my cutting table in its early days. That's my dog Jasper, ready to jump for a cardboard fabric tube scrap. I must be practicing a little guitar on my lunch break here. Notice the cutting table in the back. Looks like I just picked up a fresh roll of foam padding too. Circa 1997 Detroit Pioneer Building Studio. So that is 1997. Like that's the debut. That's the start of the stripes, the white yeah. stripes. And it shows too, like you said, the haircut, it screams it. I mean, he didn't dye it yet, uh, it seems, because I think he had it dyed orange or red or something in the beginning as well. Uh, right. don't, don't know if this is before or after that, but super cool, uh, especially to see Jasper. Maybe Jasper does the Astro. Maybe Jasper does the Astro. I love me a good dog pic on Instagram. Love dogs of Instagram. And uh, Jack's jumping on board. Yeah, he's he's trending. Is that what that means? I don't think that's what that... You say that a lot, and I don't think that word means <laughs> what you think it means. I just watched Princess Bride again, and that's where that quote came from. No idea. Love it. Uh, Paul, how about this? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? He's picking up just trash furniture. He's just going to dumpsters and oh. putting Third Man upholstery logo stickers on it. Because he's done it now not once, but twice. Yeah, didn't he leave, like, a couch on the highway? <laughs> he did. Or at least yeah. he found a couch on the highway, parked, put two stickers on it because it's funny, uh, and then booked it. <laughs> which somebody on the Third Man Records collectors group found the same couches, took the label, and checked the inside of the couch to make sure he didn't hide any, like, records or anything inside. And then just took the <laughs> stickers and left. And he he recently did it again with just a regular, looks like a wooden kitchen chair or something along those lines that was outside of a dumpster. And he put a label on that. That is amazing. <laughs> so I like oh that he's God. doing some urban art graffito tagging uh, yeah. here. But except instead of, you know, legitimate graffiti, it's just like, here's here's some ironic upholstery. <laughs> I love it. I love it, though. It's, it's so mischievous. He's it's such a little scamp, that one. What a little scamp. <laughs> we got, speaking of little scamp, we got an email from Nick Langford, uh, laying you up for the heavens. And Nick Langford sent us this glorious screenshot. So we have uh, somebody, not Nick, somebody commented on the Third Man Upholstery and says, did you make a new song inspired in the upholstery phase spelled wrong that you in question mark? Good. And Jack responds by phase. You mean my entire adult life? Ooh. Burn. <laughs> so I just love that. He's going around burning folks. Burn. Just burn. Just pss, ow. got burned on that hot take. Now to be fair to whoever this other gentleman commenter is, we don't know the gentleman. James? It's a person posting on Instagram with assumptions. It's a guy. This person, you know, Jack is not known for his upholstery in the the wide, you know, in the 
in the in media the world. in the it, yeah yeah his like his media acclaim and his fame isn't from upholstering now that doesn't mean he's bad at it that doesn't mean he hasn't been doing it his whole life like people know jack white for his music and seeing him upholster to a layman mm-hmm. could seem like a phase especially now that he is concentrating on it during covid and posting about it pretty much daily so it it could seem more like a phase to the untrained eye. <laughs> yeah, to the untrained eye. Yeah, I get it. To yeah. Jack White's credit, though, yeah, no, he has been doing this. And in our interview with Joe Ciccarelli, he even mentions, like, some of the studio discussion they had while they were, you know, shooting the shit was yeah. about Art Deco furniture and 19th century furniture and whatever. So, yeah, and, and it's it's a skill that is just perfect for him because it allows him to manipulate shapes and colors <laughs> just like his whole thing and it'll it's a tangible thing so you can interact with it you know it's there's no way to make a chair into a hypothetical or a digital <laughs> thing so i love that he's doing it actually and um, some of the stuff on here is really impressive looking there's like this blue chair oh, that's really sweet looking and he is clearly extremely talented at this and, and obviously he owned his own business with it etc so like he's a professional it's the creative energy doesn't stop with music for him it's clear to me now why him and adam savage get along so well yes yes Be- because this is the same kind of drive and motivation i see when adam savage posts a video untested for like a one day build that he does where he will espouse the glories of sewing and how sewing is its own art form and men should not be afraid to sew and i could see jack white saying the same exact thing going like this is a creative outlet why anybody is gendering it doesn't make any sense and like i could see like jack getting into the same kind of rhythm as as adam savage there so totally totally and the american pickers guys yes yeah totally because listen i love watching that show but i feel like that guy the main picker not the not the not the Samwise of the bunch. The, the, the main guy. Frank is the other one, uh, yeah. and Mike. Mike is the Langley. Mike. Uh, yeah. So Sam. Uh, sorry. Mike is the is the Luigi, and Frank is the Mario. But their roles are flopped. Yeah. Flipped. Follow that one. Anyway, it makes sense. <laughs> All I'm saying is Bowser. Why he sex do? <laughs> All right, man. So I just laid down a track. We cut it on your record lathe, yes. and I felt the pressure, that 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 significant pressure. I heard them say you're in the groove, which is mm. I didn't know that's how that phrase came. Yeah, but I started to feel like that that pressure of like we're we're cutting this right now. Yeah. It's not digital. Exactly. We can't just keep on doing it. Exactly, and that's the difference between the way recording was for a hundred years up until just recently in the last couple of decades, where it became digital and computerized, where you could take. 300 takes if you wanted to yeah so you're feeling that old style pressure which i think helped a lot of amazing moments have amazing songs happen uh because of that pressure yeah it's that limitation that brings out the the art because i can hear the nervousness in my voice i heard Mm -hmm. the take and i can hear a little bit of that nervousness i can hear myself bypassing it and i can imagine i mean for you that's that's part of this whole process right Mm -hmm. building those limitations and feeling them out it's the same way when i give depositions and for, for lawyers. And so I, I feel that nervousness. When I that. We're going to check back in on the Third Man Upholstery Instagram. If you would like to follow them yourselves and send us little highlights that you find 
if you're digging for rusty gold in there, you could really. Yeah, check it out. It's at Third Man Upholstery on Instagram. So check that out. So that's been our first ever installment of the Stitch and the Spur. <laughs> Love it. It's little and broken, but still good. Yeah, still good. All right, so without further ado, we're going to get to this interview with Radkey. Everybody enjoy it. Thanks to the Radkey guys. Yeah, and, thank you guys. Um, yeah, so it's great. Yeah, let's do it. All right. We would like to welcome to the Third Men podcast the band Radkey. We have Isaiah, we have D, we have Solomon. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having yeah, us. Thank you. So great to have you all on here. Last time we only had Isaiah, and so it's it's really great to talk to the whole band. We love your music, and I'm sorry about the baby scream. Hopefully that doesn't pick up on the audio. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's great to have you guys on, so thank you. Yeah, yeah thanks no for having us. Yeah. So since last we saw you, well, I, I so I hung out with you guys a little bit last fall when you were on tour out here on the West Coast, and we had a lovely time. Uh, the, one of the memories that sticks out to me was we had a, a nice lunch, and then we walked out of the restaurant, and the the uh, the hill was on fire. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It was a sign of things to come in in the next year. So true. Yeah, we got a picture of that. It's crazy. <laughs> so, well, I guess we'll just start here. So, how would I mean? So, you guys were on tour, and I know you were on tour through Thanksgiving time frame, and and around there. Were you guys starting another leg or still on the road when all this pandemic craziness hit? Or We were work? still on the road and shows were getting canceled and it was crazy because, you know, you start and you're thinking, wow, this is some crazy stuff going on. But then, like, things do start getting canceled and then you're like, wow, the music business is really pausing. This is insane. And, yeah, it, the only thing that kind of helps with it is that everyone's kind of in it together like even like from any level band we're just all yeah. in it together and it kind of helps kind of keep you know the faith you know yeah and there's been those initiatives that have been popping up i forget who's championed them i feel like aoc was a part of one of them about saving venues totally and stuff because that's one of the big concerns right now is is making sure that some of these iconic venues stay open you know we saw i saw you at i think it was starlight I think it was called Starlight out here in Los Angeles. And, um, you know, that's like a, an amazing venue. But, like, you, f- you wonder, boy, I hope they survive totally. <laughs> all totally. this madness. Not to go down that doom and gloom sort of path. I just want to say seeing you guys live was a revelation. Uh, you were all insane in the best possible way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it was Thank one of the most electrifying live shows that I've seen in a long time. It was it was awesome, really, really good. And you ended. What was the closer? The Teen Titans. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah.
I've never been able to see you guys live yet, but um, seeing photos and videos, especially the ones that Paul shot, some of you were upside down. Um, I'm assuming <laughs> at some points you were on the ceiling. I don't know exactly how you were doing these gymnastic feats, but uh, it's... It, it is an amazing live show you guys put on. Even from an at-home perspective, people can get enjoyment out of that. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Do you have any highlights of the tour you can share with us before everything sort of imploded? Anything, any memorable stops along the way? Mm-hmm. Any? I, I, mean, I can't Yeah, remember. that was one. Of, I think the last one we did was pretty standard as far as like the shows that happened. Yeah. Yep. yep. It was like yeah. a kind of like a smaller little run we were doing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, some of them were cool, but, you know, some of them were kind of kind of weird, you know, like like. <laughs> A lot of hand washing. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, man. Like my hands were like, fuck. Uh, at one point. Yeah, I w- that's the thing. I was very aware of right before all of this started. Like any concert I went to, if I was talking to anybody, I'm like, I, I feel like I shouldn't be here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> totally. You. I shouldn't do. It. Like yeah. I don't know. It was. It was a bizarre time. little ending to any yeah, all yeah. the stuff. It was like, all right. I remember getting so mad because. Cause someone had spit in my face, like right after hearing about like this, this yeah, stuff yeah, you, going around. I was like, oh man. Yeah, sometimes I didn't, you like, get the spray talkers. Yeah, you get the spray talkers. Oh, like, oh. okay. It was a spray talker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this dude just came up, just spit in my yeah. face. That could have gone either way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I saw a show as late as like early March, and. It was a pa- packed, tiny little place, and I it was like elbow bumping people mm-hmm. instead of handshaking, mm-hmm. and I was being looked at like I was <laughs> from the planet Mercury. Like I was, <laughs> yeah. And at the time, I was like, man, I feel like a complete idiot. <laughs> Looking back, maybe not the yep. dumbest thing in the world. Absolutely. To be fair, Mercurians are known for their elbow bumps. It's true. So. You were out there playing songs from your latest record at the time, which was No Strange Cats. And first of all, we just want to say how much we enjoyed that record. Again, kudos. It it sounds fantastic. My favorite track on it is St. Elwood. I really love that one. And I just really dig the melody and the power that is underneath all of that melodic stuff. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how that song came together. And when you're working on tracks like that, I mean, are you consciously thinking about hey, let's take this pretty melody and then let's like put like real hard rock on it. Like how does, how does a song like that evolve? Well, after the album was made, D had always had this demo for St. Elwood and we yeah. had always kind of just known that's probably the first song we're going to work on for No Strange Cats. Yeah. And then that song then got a lot of the most fresh ideas and just like a full kind of like, because it was a really poppy song and... I remember someone messaging us about that, like our band, like, man, you guys are really doing like what the label wants you to do. But it's like, no, actually, this demo has been around since before we even got signed to the major label. And, you know, so it's just like weird. So, yeah, that was just kind of like the first one for No Strange Cats. And it was just kind of an old demo that was always just like, I'm bored, I'm bored, just kind of like, and we're like, this is perfect. We can just base it off of growing up in St. Joe and... Yeah, and that's right. why that's why some of that power is at. It's just like you've played so many dead shows, and then you're just like, man, what is this? <laughs> so it's literally just you waking people up with that sound. That's yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah. <laughs> I'm bored, I'm bored. 
It feels like classic now. The whole album is full of those kinds of chugging pop punk kind of vibes to it. It really is something that gets you moving and awake. And uh, yeah, it, it was something that even my my son, who could barely walk, uh, was stopped what he was doing and started just bouncing up and down when we were listening to the album. So it's got that energy to it. We just wanted people to start dancing at rock shows. And we we're like, we got to we can do that kind of, you know, we can have guitars and drums and we can get people to like kind of dance. And we got a lot of new fans with that No Strange Cats record because it was I feel like people like to rock out and they like to like have a dance party and and in that show we were creating that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about the pop term versus the rock term because I find it all to be kind of kind of bullshit at a certain point. <laughs> like totally. it's just Totally. You know what I mean? It seems like pop is often used as a uh, a derogatory term or something, but there was a time when rock and pop were the same exact thing. And absolutely, I don't know. How do you feel about that schism? I mean, do you do you feel comfortable in a more melodic space, or do you find that like bands around you maybe, or maybe even yourselves feel the need to like sort of assert yourselves in a rockier way or something? Well, we uh, we've pretty much always been into bands like Cheap Trick, Beatles, and like the most melodic, kind of like even like Scorpions or something like that. And then yeah. we just in the beginning could never really make those songs. Everything came out kind of fast. So I think we're so comfortable in the melodic space just because, you know, <clears throat> lots of room for D to mess with a bunch of harmonies. And we've been experimenting a lot with space, as you could have probably heard on the new record. We've experimenting with not just filling every Mm -hmm. spot with just a bunch of guitars and we've been kind of letting the guitar ring out and let the drums kind of do some stuff and yeah it's pretty pretty fun just kind of keeping it in the like melodic area and we think that if it's really catchy you can call it pop but if it has a lot of power then it's rock too so just we just put it all under rock pretty much and yeah, yeah, because that's what makes sense. Because there's some stuff that rocks that you would never really consider. Like, hey, that's that's rock pop, or you know, mm-hmm. yeah. And I feel like it changed somewhere. Like, like what you're saying, bands like Cheap Trick. Somewhere in the '70s, there started to be like, like the rock journalists who were around for a while uh, started getting a little like elitist and stuff. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like, I don't know. At a certain point, like you say, you just have to make people dance. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're yeah. Supposed to have fun at a show. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, absolutely at some point that's what it comes down to Mm -hmm. is like dancing and having fun and it can be real smart and stuff but you do have to get that groove in there right yeah so well i look at a song like not so smart and i think that that's a great example of what i love about that side of your music because it's it's again it's that powerhouse recording but there's a sweetness on the back end totally you know you guys tend to experiment quite a bit i would say with genre on your albums did you head into no strange cats with a mission statement or was it just sort of how it fell out of you guys you know and fell out of the instruments in the studio well like i mean i would say a lot of it was kind of based off of saint elwood in a way because the way that song was we were just like all right well let's mess around with rocking these kind of things out and see how far we can go with that Mm -hmm. and then saul was thinking about queen and like that boom boom clap kind of song and how weezer had done that and we're like okay let's do a crazy play on it and make the riff sound easy but be kind of hard and then it's going to sound so poppy that we will throw in like the most insane solo you know (laughs) and then then it just creates this crazy vibe it's like oh yeah so 
you can rip like that in a song this poppy because like i mean we played that to some people and they've even been like man i just i don't know anything about rock but this song is pretty cool and i, I think that that's something that rock has been forgotten about rock is that rock can be that like that new thing that's like what is this yeah and we're trying to kind of create that for sure well i mean that's it's a great transition that more melodic mixed with the rocking transitions into your forthcoming album depending on when this show comes out your newest record (laughs) maybe it's out already (laughs) we'll figure it out um green room and you know before the call i was saying a little bit i think it's this is my favorite record from you guys thank you thank you absolutely adore this whole album like back to front that's just spinning it nonstop. really really good but and and because i think there's a and we'll get to questions in a moment. I'm just going to postulate for a minute if you don't mind. But like, there, there's almost like a confidence in the way that you're being like, no, fuck you. This is kind of a sweet song, you know. Like, I, yeah, we yeah, don't, yeah. You know, like we're still we're we're badasses. And he, but here's this like here's an acoustic guitar. Now Absolutely. shove it up your ass. Like so it's just I, I appreciated the uh, the confidence, the audacity, and of course the beautiful songs. Now, can we talk a little bit about how this one came together? Because I know it was kicking around for a while, mm-hmm. and it was maybe sort of started perhaps during the tail end of the No Strange Cat stuff. Yes, perhaps. yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a good amount of the, like, well, I would say probably half of the record we had recorded by ourselves, self-produced, and we were just like, all right, well, we'll just, you know, stretch out No Strange Cats, make a big album, but then a bunch of label stuff got messed up. And then we're just like, well, we just had to get this song, this stuff out digitally. And then we got yeah. it out there. Yeah. And then now we've got, all right, well, let's finish this album. Because we were already getting kind of scared that it was sounding way too different than No Strange Cats anyways. Because mm-hmm. we're just like, okay, well, now we don't have to think about No Strange Cats. We can just go crazy. And Because yeah. I wouldn't, you know, so many of the songs just don't fit, wouldn't fit. So... Yeah, then we, during all this stuff, we ended up being like, all right, well, we have all these demos. Let's just finish them out, which we had eight days before we went into the studio to finish, like, all these demos we had. And, yeah, we pretty much went in there, produced it all ourselves, and it was really scary to do that, too, because, I mean, yeah, we were just in charge of all the pre-production, all the production. Mm -hmm. Like, so, yeah, every bit of it's just pretty much the exact sound that is in our heads kind of and it's kind of pretty pretty wild Is production something you guys are interested in applying yourselves? Or is totally, this like, yeah. was this a, a good opportunity to kind of really take the reins for once? Absolutely, yes. it was. And to hear that this is like your favorite record really means a lot to us because it's also our favorite. And that's great. It's, it's crazy because we just did it, you know? So that means that we can make stuff for us and for Radke fans that's up to better than what we've done before. And so, yeah, like we feel like 
you know, if anyone ever wants our production, like, yeah, we could totally help you rock out a song and make it sound huge. Like, we know how to do that. Like, if that's what you want, you know, and we could also, we also know quite a bit about making some Beatlesy weird songs. Like, we're messing around <laughs> with, like, a band and crazy stuff. It's got some amazing songs on it. One that stood out to me was Two-Face. Really, really good. And the production on it is is outstanding. I had mentioned the chugging punk aspect to it, and this album is chock-a-block full of it. It is is great. I love it. So you guys were dealing with the production on your own and, and basically dealing with all the aspects on your own. What was the songwriting split like on this one? Was it uh, was it evenly split? How did that go? I would say pretty much as evenly split as it usually is. Like, you know, this is the deeper we get, like the more collaborative. Like, for instance, Saul kicked off Not Smart, and that's one of our big tracks. It's like, yeah, it's just getting so mixed now. It's, it's almost even hard to remember, and, you know. Like, you know, Paul McCartney, he's going to remember in every single thing he's done and he'll definitely remind you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just, it's just this album though. I mean, even Saul was doing full production as far as like, maybe we need to have the bass do a full slide up to head into this chorus. And it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Boom. So, so then it's not like everyone's since there's three of us, there's actually a good chance that there's not going to be anything missed because there was a couple last minute things added at the very end. And even, you know, it's just, but it's like, you know, we're all there listening, working together. It's not just one guy, like, cause that's how you could get something to slip through. But you know, we're just starting it out kind of, and it's really nice to have three people, you know, cause then yeah. for instance, <laughs> I, you know, I should have known the wound, but you know, sometimes you're focused on the lyrics and this and that. And then, is this vocally sounding the way I was picturing it? And it's like, oh yeah, the bass. I forgot. I'm a bass player. You know? <laughs> well, it's right in my sweet spot for rock and roll sound just sonically because it's so crisp. And I oh, sometimes yeah. with um, with your previous records, the songwriting it has a crispness to it as well. If that makes any sense, I'm not sure it does, but let's say it does. There and for uh, this is part of the reason why I love this record so much because if I feel like the production matches the the songwriting in that way. I know you, you worked with uh, Bill Stevenson on No Strange mm-hmm. Cats. Now, Bill did not work on any of this stuff. This was just you guys, right? Yes. The only thing, they, they worked on the mixes of everything. Okay. But that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. <clears throat> There's one guy, Ed Rose, who worked, who mixed uh, Bend and Portraits, but every everything else. So they took all of our stuff and mixed it. <clears throat> and that's a pretty good combo, I thought. So, yeah, just yeah. full, full. I mean, I will say, Suffer. We did have an email with Bill about that. He had some cool ideas that we ended up using. <laughs> so, yeah, he was like, oh, man, you guys should, like, do something like this and this. And we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were even talking about doing something mm-hmm. like that. Like, that means definitely right. let's do it. Like, so, yeah, Suffer was a little <laughs> bit – there. there's some fun in there with Bill. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to say that his instincts on the older records were b- bad, but I just – I think I prefer yours in that way uh, because, like I said, it just – it feels like you're in the room – there with you guys that's and, uh, amazing when you listen to the album and some of the other ones i think were maybe trying to replicate more of a sound of like what you guys maybe sounded like live where mm-hmm. 
there's a little bit of like re I don't know if it's reverb, but maybe there's a bit of reverb. It's, it's it sounds like slightly muddier, and this one really is like just really pops. So yeah, kudos. I don't have a question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thank you. Yeah, because I mean, we had always heard back in the day that the lyrics were sort of hard to understand in our first album. So we really kind of corrected that with No Strange Cats, and then with this one especially, we're like. We can make the lyrics more hearable because we like like Ramones where it's like you can't understand what the hell is being said, but that's kind yeah. of selfish. Like you got to <laughs> let the lyrics out a little more, you know? <laughs> yeah. Joey always sounds like he's in the midst of a mild stroke. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Just the way I don't want to go down he's, to the he's basement. Fine, he's fine. He's <laughs> fine. Uh, uh, so I imagine some of your songs are written out on the road or at the very least play tested it during like sound checks and occasional stops were there any songs on the latest record that evolved from any of the touring experiences and was the last tour helpful in helping uh, any of these songs along i think the only one was seize mm. we mm-hmm. were yeah. working on that one like when we were on the road still talking about it like we weren't jamming it and sound check or anything but we were constantly like thinking of what we could change and stuff that well that's actually the first question here i had to, this is a question for d here that your vocal approach on seas is just impressive as hell it feels like you're stretching out or branching out just vocally on this album were you approaching your vocals in a different way with this record or is it just a natural sort of evolution uh i think it's more so a natural thing because like uh, I, i kind of do the vocals in a way that i feel kind of suits the vibe of the music or whatever so like I don't. I didn't really have a like. I'm gonna do it this way. It just kind of comes out that way during a jam or whatever when we're trying to figure out the melody or whatever. Um, yeah. It's not like a set thing. I mean, it's like you're you're hitting notes that aren't often hit in like punkier sounding music, and so that's that's another thing I really loved about it because you're. Boy, you're a really good singer. (laughs) We wanted to hit that hard on real deal, that crazy high note. It's like, let's show how far it can go. So that was my next thing I had written here. Like, yeah, we get more of that on real deal. And and, uh, there's a confidence in and actually uh, in your vocals as well as a confidence throughout the whole record. Have you been ever like professionally? Did you have any training or is this just something you're... You're working out. I didn't have any training. I kind of just like it was, that all came from me just sitting in my room and trying to like figure out like finding my voice, trying to find out find what my voice is, and um, yeah, just like that, just practicing singing by myself and trying to get comfortable that way. Yeah. I mean, we had talked about you guys in homeschooling on the last episode uh, you were on. So technically, you were trained in a in a school environment. <laughs> you were doing it at home. <laughs> so you could claim you had vocal training. It's, it's all in how you sell it. <laughs> well, I had one more question about the vocals. There's the, the track Portraits. 
it sounds a little like what I think is maybe three-part harmony on there. Is that Uh, you guys singing all together, or or is that D, are you harmonizing with yourself? Yeah, it's generally when I do vocals, I do most of the harmony. Sometimes maybe still come in on some things, but I generally take over on most of the harmony stuff, and yeah. Wow. Yeah, on Two-Face, you can hear me go, oh, (laughs) s***. drums on Two-Face are incredible. We were wondering uh, what kind of drew the inspiration for the drum patterns that you had in general. Is there a, uh, a type of thing where the band gets together to discuss the song and approach it as, a, as like a group? Or do you guys just sort of jam it out and, and figure out like where fills go and all that sort of stuff? I usually uh, that point? figure out the main vibe from the jam we do of the song, but I usually listen to what the vocal's doing, and that pretty much just guides me in which direction I need to go in. Like, they'll always suggest stuff and all that, but usually the vocal's uh, my guide. Okay. Are you ever, like, working out parts and stuff? Like, is it the type of thing if you're in the studio all day, you're playing together, you're maybe jamming on a song, do you ever, like, go in there on your own and just sort of like oh well, let's try this part or that part or i mean well usually when we're recording demos we usually do three or four before we actually record it and each time i hear a new demo i hear what i missed on it so yeah usually by the time we go in the studio i've got it about there but i had to grind out some like extra stuff on those eight days yeah yeah for sure in production have you you know formulated any drum fills or those sorts of things in production yeah yeah you i'll get some things in there that i would like do on accident or something but sounds cool that kind of thing so Mm. uh, there usually be a couple things that show up on the session yeah nice to talk a bit about the track bend here this one has another almost like a 60 sunshine popish flair to it which is really again hit my sweet spot on this oh, yeah. to the top of my my like playlist very quickly there's almost a swing kind of thing happening in there totally. i mean is that just is that making making the people dance is yeah that, it is, is and that like swing thing we're just like that's part of it and then like we've been listening to a bunch of like stuff like the zombies and stuff like that where like there's these nice choruses with this just mostly vocal vocally driven yeah. and we're like man let's do that let's like just acoustic it and just like let's throw guitars and craziness at the end for like a solo but let's see what it's like having one of those like oh man i want to say it's like one of those old british kind of sounding choruses like uh yeah. I, I don't know if i'm nailing the bands right but it's it's in that kind of weird area yeah almost like a procol harum or something like that even
That song and Dark Black Makeup from Delicious Rock Noise. Those are my top two songs from you guys. Yeah, I that's think amazing. I, ben could be a hit. I, I don't. I, Thank you. I hope it is. I hope uh, you know w- w- that that the music business will rebound and that we Absolutely. can all start listening to songs again. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I love T Swift, maybe her record will not no longer be the only one everyone's listening. Yes, to all yes, the time. yes. So yeah, that's uh, I I really love that one. Hey, who's playing piano on that track? Uh, that's me. I I play the piano on that one. Nice. I didn't know that. That's amazing. <laughs> Are you writing songs on the piano? or uh, I've written songs on the piano before, but we haven't used them yet. It was something very different on this album. It really shows the kind of range that this your band just has. It's great. Totally. Thank you. And uh, speaking of range, Ain't No Sunshine closing the album. Yeah. Uh, what an amazing choice for a cover. It's really cool to hear like a really balls-to-the-wall take on that track. Who was it that said hey, we should kick that song in the nut to close the record. (laughs) Yeah, like D had a recording, like a big rocking recording version of it. And he had suggested we do this cover. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we'll do this. And then what we basically did was just make the beginning, like we did a nice, dusty, slow build on it. Then we jammed into what was the super rocking demo for like, I want to say it was like the last half or like the middle point of the song for the solo and like the final chorus and stuff. And it worked really, really kind of crazy. And yeah, we're just, we're really, really stoked on just, just the whole sound of that one. Yeah. And Ed Rose mixed that too. So he mixed three songs, three songs on the album. Yeah, the solos in general on this album are crazy. They're great. I love them. That was my uh, favorite part of seeing you guys live, you know, when D really goes nuts on doing those solos. And oh, starts, yeah. Like, sliding around, doing that Chuck Berry <laughs> shit all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for a duck walk. At <laughs> and Isaiah, I feel like you, like, that's what James was talking about. You, like, bent over backwards and you were, like, oh, yeah. playing your bass, like, upside down. <laughs> right I'm out of practice with my yoga. <laughs> well before we leave this record i just wanted to say like when we were hanging out i remember you guys were drinking a lot of seltzer water and yep. when i think that's the track judy yeah 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 i think it's on judy where he where the line is i'm gonna slap you in the face then take a seltzer water sip and yeah I was yeah like, I was like hey i drink seltzer i remember that <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 i thought that was really funny i I just like i try to have little points in a song that like poke you and you're like hey man let's keep having fun this is hilarious As someone who has recently adopted seltzer as a as a mainstay drink instead of soda, <laughs> do you guys have flavors or brands that you can recommend to me oh, on yeah. this podcast about music? Ozarka is one of the go-tos. Kirkland does a pretty okay one. And is bubbly, yeah. bubbly is pretty good. It's mostly fun packaging, but it's good. Yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of the jam. This has been the seltzer club. <laughs> seltzer talk. Seltzer talk. There was one night, James and I, just as an aside, we were out really late 
having some drinks in, in New York one night and we were on our way back on the train that night and I was so thirsty from being out all night like playing like listening to music and you know and, and having some beers and stuff and I just spent the whole time and I didn't realize how much I was talking about how I wanted seltzer water <laughs> when we left the train the, I remember the lady behind us was like I hope you find your seltzer water you know she's like I hope it was like leaving for war she's like I hope you make it back home to Philly um, and I this <laughs> and this concludes our uh, new segment, <laughs> Helter Seltzer. All right, so let's talk about Little Man Records. This is you essentially partnering with your fans to release the records in a more direct way. Can you tell us a little bit about what's the secret origin behind Little Man uh, Records? Yeah, like we had Little Man Records going since back in the EP days, and that was off of our song Little Man from, uh, what was it, the EP? Our first yeah, EP? Yeah, first EP, yeah. Yeah, called Irrationally okay. Yours, and we just kept that, and we would just throw it on any album we released, and then once we kind of got dropped from Sony and all this stuff happened with No Strange Cats, we are like, well, we've got these five songs, let's bring back little man records and see if we can just get this record made and also we got the no strange cats out physically which was great and yeah so it's pretty much just the way because we couldn't get anyone to sign us we couldn't get anyone to book us and we're just like wow like with everything we've done i don't understand how no label no booking agent wants any part of it so we just started booking all of our own shows and we uh, started just put the album out ourselves, and we we're just listening to the um, this Spike Lee advice for like young black artists, and one of his main pieces of advice is to make a way, and yeah. that's cool. We just made a way to get the album out, and, and in that we actually got Green Room created, and we were able to self produce it because I mean you know we can't afford to pay a big producer so it's like let's just use all of the skills we've got from you know working with these people and see if we could do it ourselves and yeah it's just it's just a way for us to make the music we actually want to make because it was really hard to get no strange cats sonically to sound the way it actually does they wanted it to sound like uh, 21 pilots so gotcha. it was a big fight to kind of get rock in there and and with this you know we were able to do do everything with the record the way we wanted to do it and like i said it's great to hear that you think that it's our best one because we feel the same way and i think we could keep it rolling with this little man record stuff it seems like the future just going direct to the consumer in that way. You see it a lot in comics and other media too, mm -hmm. through different crowdfunding platforms and things. And, and we'll talk about some of the crowdfunding stuff that you guys have going on in a moment. But it seems like a remarkably efficient way to reach people. Absolutely. <laughs> like, and uh, yeah, so I mean, that's awesome. Obviously, we'll touch a little bit on Jack White in a little bit, but he does something that it seems like you, you're also figuring out, which is creating your own world of everything. You know totally. how to do basically every step of the process. Absolutely. Therefore, taking out any kind of middlemen. It makes the band seem just a level above most other bands. Hearing that you booked your own shows yeah, is dude. wild. That, that has crazy. to be the hardest thing. Like, I can't imagine. I'm so bad at, like, talking to people, let alone over the phone. So I couldn't imagine, like, I don't know, cold calling or cold emailing those kinds of places. So that that's amazing thank you thank you this is true independent music but we know you guys have partnered with some transitional labels in the mm -hmm. past does little man offer you some more freedom less red tape that kind of <laughs> less less bullshit 
let's say. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't have to deal with people like ignoring emails for like a week or anything. It's like, let's just have people that care about the project fully. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If everyone yeah. cares, everyone's going to do their best and it's going to be a really cool thing because like we're, we're stoked on the No Strange Catch release. I really can't. We're just waiting for a quote on the vinyl for Green Room because we're so ready to get that pre-order going. Like, mm-hmm. we're just ready to, because we've got like music videos ready and everything so it's just like we're really ready to rock it's just just the few things we got to get done in the middle but like i think i'm just really stoked to talk about the record too because we've just been kind of keeping it quiet and it's nice to to just kind of talk about it well it's not it was nice to hear it i mean you may i don't know if you uh, guys have reached out i think uh, third man pressing is up and running in detroit okay. so i'm just saying maybe hell yeah that i would love that i would love that <laughs> see and i always thought that maybe this kind of album would be something that would suit third man a little bit more like it's way more pure rock yeah for sure for sure well we've touched on crowdfunding a bit in the last question we'll move on here to the patreon initiative you guys are putting together so you could people can head to patreon.com slash radkey band and sign up to become a member with a recurring pledge that gets you access to a lot of different stuff like early listens to new music you can think people can play video games with you yeah, guys. Yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. cool. Like that's really awesome. Uh, there's discounts on merch, lots of things. I was wondering if you could tell people a little bit more about the kinds of stuff they can get. And I know there are different like membership thresholds yes. that they can sign up for. Yeah, totally. We got like silver cat. We got, uh, just all kinds of stuff like live Q and A's we're going to be doing. We're doing like cover songs. Like we did Bonzo goes to Bitburg and we actually filmed, which we didn't know we were going to do a full music video for it. Yeah. And we're going to be doing more fun stuff like that. Cause the more bored you get, just the better content that's going to be on there. Like, um, we're posting like game footage and like, we are really like so into video games to where it's like with this Patreon, we're kind of like building like an army to take over <laughs> multiple games. So that's going to be kind of fun. And uh, so to be a part of that and then, oh, man, what else? Like we've, we're releasing like outtakes, like old demos we want to do for some of the songs, even on No Strange Cats, mm-hmm. like just crazy stuff. And Dee's making videos that teach oh, people yeah. how to play uh, guitar on the songs and stuff. Yeah, it's basically just me sitting there like up close, you know, playing this stuff and breaking it down, you know, each section yeah. of the song. Yeah, like for instance, we did uh, for that big MasterCard commercial, they had us did Can't Judge a Book by its cover. And yes. what's funny is we did an amazing version of it. And then there's the version that they made us do. Mm-hmm. And that was a version that was produced by a guy who's actually a video director for like Beyonce and stuff like that. So I don't know if he has any business producing music, but that's why I think it sounds like shit. And we're happy to put out <laughs> things that like, yeah, like things that we actually like, no, here's what we did is awesome. And then you can compare it to that trash, but Hey, it was work. So whatever. But it's like, because he didn't even hear our demo. Yeah, he just he came in and started like, this needs to go this way. This needs to go this way. I'm a director. <laughs> not a producer. Gentlemen, you've just recorded your first, number one but then spike uh jones's brother shows up then things get way better because that's a real music producer and then we start getting it laid down (laughs) but too bad he didn't hear our version though because then we would have got our version in because he would have been like whoa what happened because like 
the director was cutting harmonies out. Mm-hmm. He came in and heard harmonies like, whoa, whoa, why even get me if you don't want my help? <laughs> Somebody get me diapers. Like, oh, man, it was insane. I love the guy, though. <laughs> I love that, that that whole initiative was about, like, you know, march to the beat of your own drum and, like, do, do it your yeah. own way. And then you're like, no, no it wasn't no, like no, that no. at all. Talk about seven people in the fucking recording room oh, yeah. figuring out what rock is and what you should be doing and this one's like Hendrix and they were claiming that what, 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 from the who they were trying to get me to do like a Keith Moon impression and like they were mentioning going off beat yeah they claim that yeah. Keith Moon generally goes off beat he's going so fast it's like I don't see or hear that well it's like there might it's like are you saying like that it fluctuates sometimes because uh-huh. there's no way he's going off beat constantly and like it's they the want, who they, well, and, and then also they have you playing to a, a click track but uh-huh. they wanted you to, you to get go off of beat. It's like, so you're asking for impossible things, guys. And, and how, they, they wanted me to do some weird sh- stuff with my vocal, too. Like, what was it? They tried to make him sex, sing, like, sex, sex pistols. pistols. So that's why there's some of that like, ca- 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 It's like, like stop <laughs> making us British, dude. <laughs> like, what? There's nothing more rock and roll than telling you rock and roll needs to be a certain way. <laughs> I know. Right? I know. Those gigs are hilarious. Uh-huh. Is it too late to sick your video game armies on those people? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not. <laughs> this is in no way us telling you to do that for liability yeah. concerns. Uh, <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> Last thing we need is MasterCard coming at you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, so, the, you know, the another thing we heard that's in the works here, and I'm not sure if it's directly related to the Patreon or not, but you guys have Isaiah and Solomon. You have a you have a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What's going What's going on in there? It's crazy. Saul and I have these long conversations in the morning about like band history and like the Beatles solo music and video game lore and like what's going to happen with the George Lucas cut of Star Wars. And it's like two hours of conversation we have in the morning before we kind of do anything. It's like, man, let's kind of capture this. Like, just to see Perfect. if anyone wants to listen to it. Like, it may be terrible, but, like, we're talking, like, Halo and, like, Xbox and, like, like I said, like, the new Star Wars movies and, like, yeah. kind of in And then, like, Crackerbox Palace in there. I yeah, saw you yeah, guys yeah. had that on your Instagram the other day. Oh, yeah. Yesterday or something. I was I was listening to George at the time, and I'm like, hey! hey that's like amazing. the seltzer water thing again. I was like... <laughs> 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 yeah, dude, I listen to Crackerbox Palace, like, three times a day. <laughs> That song was in like very informative on my musical taste too. For some reason, it was just it just clicked with it's me. So like, good. Even throughout high school, I had a playlist like named Cracker Box Palace <laughs> because of that. Like I had mix CDs back when mix CDs were a thing. And <laughs> I'm obsessed with that title, man. Oh, and this it's lyric, it's so good. Like so, Saul had been digging into um, Beatles solo music. And not just Paul McCartney wings, because that's what we grew up on. Because yeah. you never, you gotta think like they're Beatles. It's all gonna be wings level, pretty much. And that's yeah. kind of how it's been. It's been like, whoa, George Harrison stuff is wildly catchy. You know, it's out there. It's yeah. Uh, I think me and Paul are very similar in in our solo Beatle takes because we usually gravitate towards Paul's yep. work, but uh, George's is like top tier. Absolutely. Uh, 
it, it's great. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's hard for me to beat some of Paul McCartney's songs with some of the other ones, even though some of them do compare pretty good. Like, man, like Live and Let Die and stuff is just crazy, yeah. like musically. Yeah. Now, have you dove into Ringo's material yet? And can I sell you on 1992's Time Takes Time? <laughs> All right. Yeah, we actually have yeah. Saul's of Ringo. <laughs> I, I like it. Don't come easy. I think George Harrison wrote it, but it's, yeah, that's one I can name. <laughs> but Ringo, like, man, he's always the coolest one. Like, in all the he's... videos, and he's got the vibe. It's like he's, like, super rock star. And then when he plays the drums, man, we've just been super, like, this morning we were literally watching Hard Day's Night, like the movie. We're just like, man, these yeah. guys are good actors. Like, why are they so good? But we're obsessing hard just again. You know, it's kind of weird. Yeah. A lot of that had to do with them not acting in that film. I think they were mostly just being themselves, yeah, yeah, just yeah. being little. Yeah. Yeah. To, for real. For lack they're of a better all... term, just being little shits. Yeah. Like they're being <laughs> exactly. They're also all hopped up on amphetamines. Yeah. Well, that's true. And they just moving a mile a minute. Dude, for real. For real? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. There's that scene at the on the train where Lennon's got the can of Coke. And yeah, against his nose. He's like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was noticing that, and then and then he'll like say something, but just like blink a lot for no reason. It's like, dude, you're <laughs> yeah, hilarious, case, man. <laughs> like I'll say this, then blink twenty times. Oh, man. Well, we tend to talk a lot about the Beatles of this show, so we we tend to skew. So we're gonna I'm gonna kind of. <laughs> stop it here because it'll be another three hours of us discussing Ringo's solo material and why he chose to wear sunglasses all the time um, which was a bold choice and a great choice yep. and probably why he's the coolest of them all anyway exactly. it began as an astigmatism and turned into a delightful affectation no <laughs> love is true uh, his accessory choices on point To get into you guys and what you were doing with Jack White, we talked about with uh, Isaiah the last time he was on the show, but Dee and Solomon, we didn't have you on here last time. It's your turn. Uh, you got any fun stories to share about opening for those uh, for those shows? Man, I remember after we did our set, the tour manager came and told me that Jack White's going to come to the green room to yeah. meet us and just being like, oh, crap, this is really happening. And yeah. Saul called nice. me and I, I was like, dude, I'm scared. Because <laughs> I, I was in the audience. It's like, hey, man, Jack says they say he's coming to the green room. And I was just yeah. like. Man, I'm fucking scared, man. <laughs> like, it's just like I don't want to like ruin it. I don't want to, you know, tap tap tap. You know, good time, good set. You know, like that kind of shit. Yeah, it was super, but it was super cool. He was super chill, and you know, gave us all hugs and stuff, and said we're awesome. It's like, man, that's incredible to hear from someone that we, you know, grew up listening to. Like, digs our music and enough to, you know, bring us on a few shows and stuff, and that was really cool. Did he find this from the commercial? Yep. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank goodness. So it yeah. sounded, he liked it. Yeah, it passed. Yep. 
Yeah, because we were scared that, you know, people like Jack White would hear it and be like, oh, man, I wish they would have done the song better, you know, just because <laughs> we didn't have our version. So luckily we scored the gig through that. And, oh, yeah, because it was cool. Like their whole band, like you said, like, man, everyone was like, you know, stoked. And I was like, wow, like you guys all dug it. That's amazing. It's because yeah. the drums were offbeat, like that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I Jack went in there. He's like, "You all sounded English." That was great. <laughs> oh man, there's so many funny things happen in this world. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hang out with uh, any of the other touring band members, uh, Carla Azar or Dominic Davis, or just a little bit? Like there was like a kind of after party um, backstage, and we kind of got kind of said, you know, "Hey, what's up? This was an awesome tour. Took the pictures and stuff," and then we moved to another place and then everyone was just kind of in there. We we're just kind of hanging out. And then, yeah, we all just kind of disappeared from each other's lives from there. It was cool. Like we saw <laughs> a couple people at the party. It's like, nice. This is cool. Like, we were so f-ed up and we we're just like, all right, let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and roll. We actually crossed back into the U S that night after finishing that yeah. show. <laughs> So I'm curious, have you guys followed uh, any of his stuff since then? I, the Raconteurs released a new album since then. Have you guys checked that out at all? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I'm trying to think of the song title. Is it, it's like... Help a Stranger. Helpless. Uh, yeah, but the, the song something Something's Child. Oh, oh, Only Child. Only Child. Yeah. I love that song so much. Hi. This song's called Only Child. Three, four... Yeah, I love so, that record's cool. I'm curious, you know, you guys are on the pulse of what the rock scene is these days, just traveling the country and getting that reaction from people and seeing all the other bands and especially in talking to your fans. I'm curious to know your impression of where you think Jack's music sits in the current rock and roll landscape. Like, in your mind, are the third man people more like tastemakers or are they more like old guard or manic revolutionaries or pleasant weirdos or how how do you what where do you think that third man sits in the in the rock echelon right now i especially after the new record would put it in the tastemaker category because yeah. some of those him moving into the oh my cat is really scratching <laughs> <laughs> him moving into like some of the digital stuff because like he was already so amazing at analog so it's like it's like if you add like a amazing like power ranger suit that amplifies everything onto someone who already really doesn't need it that that album is really crazy and then like it's even got like the stuff that's like a challenge like we were talking about before like a stuff that challenges you to like get into this beep that's going to be through the whole song it's going to make sense at some point you're going to be like beep oh yeah beep you know it's like oh yeah (laughs) yes the song i think you're referring to his hyper yeah, yeah. Uh which I 
it was one of those things where it's like, oh, this is annoying, and then the more you listen to it, it's like, oh, no, oh, wait, yeah. no, this is this is great. Kid shaking a like a uh, a, toy, a toy, like a yeah, yeah something like it sounds like a spray can or something, and it's, you just put that in as an instrument. Oh like, yeah, oh weirdo. yeah, the guy's a weirdo. I love it. <laughs> I'm really into it, but he's same he's on another weirdo. Yeah, like I, I was listening to just music videos, and this Beyonce song came on. It started off with like a boing yoing 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 yoing, and I was like, how how are we gonna make this work? And by the end, you're like, yeah, they fit, that was a challenge, but they got it. And to know that, like, Jack's doing crazy stuff like that, it's like, yeah, that's, like, on the top level, you know, but with guitars. It's good to hear. Me and Paul are kind of, because it's been something that's been close to our musical taste for so long, and we've been following it for so long, it's hard to separate the scene from the actual music at a certain mm-hmm. point, um, just because we're like, oh, it's Jack White. It's great. You know, it, totally. It, even, if, <laughs> even if we're like, eh, it's fine, it's like, oh, no, well, he's... He's top tier, but yep. I, we realize that it's not necessarily everybody's reaction. So it's nice to hear that impression. What's your impression of the current rock and roll scene as a whole? Is Do you see shifting trends with the types of bands that, that you've gigged with on the road? Like, I mean, I want to say that there's some, some, some stuff like, for instance, what Jack White's doing. Like, we play with that band Highly Suspect. I'm not crazy familiar with their music, but from what I listened to, it sounded like Soundgarden, but with, like, some modern kind of samples and stuff in there and I thought that was kind of cool and I was like nice I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling myself fuck everyone else gotta remember that nobody's better than anyone else here look what they do to you it's kind of crazy so you've got bands doing stuff like that and then you've got bands like us who are just kind of keeping it you know pretty straight rock but also trying to make it sound as fun as possible and yeah i I think rock is in a weird place right now where there's just not a whole lot of it and whatever is out there is pretty good but I, i just think some of it needs to catch on big and make people feel like i want to find more of this you know yeah i was just thinking last night we were listening to a few of my favorite records from the sort of tail end of the 2000s like the indie the last gasp of the indie rock boom mm-hmm, in, in, mm-hmm. in the in the sort of the broader sense right that sort of scott pilgrim time frame totally kind of totally thing. totally and i was just thinking god i hope this happens again because yep. like at the time i was thinking it's so nice to have music being made now that sounds like updates of the 60s and 70s rock that i already like totally much in the same way people must have felt when new wave happened like it this is the same thing it's and or grunge i feel like there's a cyclical nature to it and like right now hip-hop is so dominant in the culture mm-hmm. and it's great you know i mean james and i listen to a lot of hip-hop too but 
I'm hoping rock and roll gets a similar kind of revival I agree. in that way. And I wonder what the fuck it's going to sound like. Same. Same. It's I, I, I'm in the same place wondering. Cause it's like, yeah, at some point I think people are going to be like, I think I do want some rock and I think I want a lot of it. Same, same like what would happen with Nirvana. Like, I want this and I'll f- so much of it to where bands are going to change their sound to it level. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like I, I feel like that always kind of happens and we're just kind of waiting now. And yeah, I just, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like. Cause there's so many things to work with and people have home studios and can just send it to the blasting room to mix it. And mm. that's cool. Like all kinds of stuff. It's hard to say. I sense that it is going to go in a, in a more hip hop, way which is fine like mm-hmm. paul said like i i can see it going towards more like run the jewels totally. um with his with their collaborations with like zach delaroca and stuff so if that's where it goes that would definitely be interesting but one thing for sure is that you guys are bringing a uh freshness to the rock genre as it is so thank you guys for that especially for your ability to make people get up and move um, yeah i think you guys being up on stage and showing that you are moving to the music definitely helps that. Totally. And I think that's something that's been missing in rock music for a while. Crowds tend to stand and yep. stare at shows. You know, we talked about Jack White. That's something that he hates. You know, yes. He wants people to be engaged. And I think that's something that you really push at your shows, not in a, like, pushy way, but, like, in a, you should be doing this. Totally. You should be <laughs> getting up and moving. Yes, you're here. Um, look at this guy over here. He's on a swing with his, you know, he's doing some weird move with the guitar and the drum kit is on the ceiling and why is this happening (laughs) human sacrifice dogs and cats living together mass hysteria and i think you guys are pushing rock in an interesting way so thank you for that and uh for what you're doing to the rock and roll scene thank you yeah like we're you know just trying to keep it as as natural and pure like we always feel like if we're just upfront about basically just being nerds who write songs then there's just it eliminates that first wall of like well i don't want to even talk to them just in case they're mean or they're way too cool for me because it's like no i've seen too much dragon ball z to be considered (laughs) probably cooler than you (laughs) if you can write a song about broly that would be great yeah i I hereby request that yeah Uh, (laughs) totally that new broly movie was great and full of so much songwriting material like yeah. for real it's like two it's, it's a long movie it's probably just 90 minutes but it's really good and full of full of good story like his his little pet thing you can write a song about that <laughs> that pet yeah, that yeah. he's got that he's wearing around his waist you know like oh yeah it's choking me there's up. somewhere an image uh we'll have to post on our social channels of me at 12 years old uh dressed head to toe as piccolo for Halloween. <laughs> yeah. just green paint everywhere and like a turban and looking back it's like that's not a very good look at all. <laughs> it's the Mechian. Come on. <laughs> I'm like 12. Was, I'm like, yes, I'm the coolest. I was crunk. I was kid trunk, so it was fine. Yeah, I palled around him yeah. with, I, uh, yeah, I had right. sprayed my hair purple. Yes. It was, uh, it was wild. I ripped some, some shirts up, like sleeveless, uh, which I had no right to do. And um, my muscle structure was that of a 10 year old boy because that's what I was so it didn't make any sense for me to have sleeveless tees Vegeta what does the scouter say about his power level it's over 9,000 what 9,000 you hulked out you unhulked (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then James you tried to fuse with that kid down the street and it got weird oh that's 
let's not talk about that. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 the tips touch really. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> the um, well, speaking of touching oh, tips. No, I mean, uh, thank you guys. Uh, just, you know, you guys were an inspiration seeing live. You know, the bands that opened for you, they were cool when I saw them at, at Starlight. They had sort of a cabaret thing or some whatever going on. But when you guys got on the stage, not only did you command it, but you, through your actions, led the way and said, hey, like James was saying earlier, this is how you rock out. <laughs> and everyone in that whole space was with you. I speak for everyone who was in the crowd that <laughs> night because I was one of them and I felt moved by the music and, and just seeing how much fun you guys were having up there was, was inspiring to see. So please keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for joining us today, and thanks for the new music. Again, Green Room is uh, either available now or coming very soon <laughs> when this goes up. And uh, everybody, definitely check out the Patreon page uh, that Radkey has going on. That's patreon.com slash radkeyband, and that'll give you all the information. I think radkey.net is your website, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All your stuff up there, too. So, yeah. Thanks, guys. This was fun. Thanks for having Thank you. Yeah. yeah, rock and roll. We got to do this more often. I Next agree. time, we got a new record coming out. Come on, let's listen to it. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, well, that was a wonderful interview with the band Rad Key. You guys are welcome back on the show anytime. We love you, we think you're great. Radkey's new album, Green Room, is available now. You can head to radkey.net and get all the details and order your copy. And we're really excited for them. Congrats on the new album, guys. Thank you again to Radkey. And uh, we'd like to give a shout out to some of our Patreon patrons who help out the show and really uh, keep keep us going. So thank you, guys. We have Derek Ferguson, or Forever for Ferguson. We have Michael Bone Brookfield. We have Tam Davis, our third person in spirit every week. We got Luke Sinclair, Luke Me Over Closely, Josh Aiken or Joe Shaken all over, Melinda Taylor, Send Me an Angel Down. We got Julia Hickling, the $3 hat Meg. We got Stu Cat, the Stu Driver. We've got Kate McCoy, the Bones of the Operation, Brenda Inglehart. We want to be the boys to warm your Inglehart. Yvette Wilkins, Wilkin on Sunshine. The Brett Three Killed My Garski, Brett Garski. We got Elizabeth Myers rolling in on a burning Myers. We've got Melinda Endress. You look pretty in your fancy Endress. And Shane Ben Jamson. The Shane boy you've always known. Thank you all from the bottom of our hearts. If you'd like to become a Patreon patron and help out where you can, you could do so by following the instructions that we give at the bumper on the, the end of the show here. Yes, you can. And to interact with us online, you can head to uh, facebook.com slash thirdmen. You can hit us up on Twitter at thirdmencast. You can find us on Tumblr. We're at thirdmenpodcast.tumblr.com, or you could head to our website, thirdmenpodcast.com. That is a, so James, that is a dawn fake. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's good. That was, it was a thinker. It was a thinker. Thank you. Took me, took me a second. Uh, Gmail. You could shoot us an email, thirdmenpodcast.gmail.com. Head to our Instagram page at thirdmen underscore podcast where I post pictures from the shows and relevant imagery and sometimes new third man product that has arrived. So go ahead and do that. Check out that Instagram because it's um, got a lot of great interactions on that Instagram. You can buy some merch 
at bit.ly slash thirdmenmerch. If you send us a picture, you know what? If you take a picture of yourself wearing some Third Men merch and tag us in it on Instagram, we will make sure to not only share that, but also to send you something fun. You better be wearing a cheese board. (laughs) Through the United States Postal Service, we'll send you something fun. So again, if you would like to pick up some merch, go to bit.ly slash thirdmenmerch. There's a lot there, some really cool designs. James has personally done all the artwork. It's wonderful. And if you tag us on Instagram wearing a piece of Third Men merch, we will send you something. You know, We'll get in touch with you and we'll send you something. So that'd be really cool. Our show is hosted by Acast. Thank you to Acast. They're a great service if you want to start a podcast of your own. It's a lot of uh, great possibilities there on Acast. You can search The Third Men on YouTube. That's youtube.com slash C slash The Third Men Podcast. A lot of great stuff on YouTube. And please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It really helps us out. Five-star ratings, please. If you're going to do it, if you're going to go through the trouble, you know, a five-star rating is just is just the way to go. If you'd like to send us a listener question, you could do that on any of the platforms I just mentioned. Email's good. Facebook, whatever. Just just shoot us that stuff. That's fine. Listener questions. And then, as always, we'd like to thank Sam Kubert and Tom Valenti for the help in the recording of our theme song, as well as Susanna Roundtree for the intros and outros of our program. And James, mm. I will be looking for a home sewn inside a secret garbage chair and left on the highway. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, and uh, I will be looking for a home as another cat to be taken in by the Radke members. Ah, not a strange one. Uh, hey, hey, maybe I'll be maybe I'll be strange. Hey, what do you forget when you're here? Forget about it. When you're here, forget about it. See you next time, everybody. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> For more information or to contact the show, visit thethirdmen.wordpress.com or email at thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at Third Men Cast on Twitter and search The Third Men on Facebook. See you next time. Those are good. I feel, all right, we've finally warmed up this season. Let's go back to our song. Hey, everybody. Paul here with a quick message for you. As James and I mentioned many times on the show, this podcast is 100% not-for-profit and a labor of our love for music. We pride ourselves in bringing you interesting, timely content as we have these past 100-plus episodes. Podcasting is, however, a weirdly expensive process, and we actually lose money on hosting, time, equipment, advertising, and all the other little things that we need to do to make these shows for you. So, to help break even on some expenses like those, James and I have set up a Patreon account where you can, if you like chip in a few bucks to help keep the lights on it can be as much or as little as you can swing and all donations are greatly appreciated the last thing we want to do is hound anybody for cash so just know that listening to our show is always payment enough but if you would like to help us out that would be amazing all right it's all from me remember you can head to patreon.com slash third men podcast and a huge thank you to everyone who's donated already all right everybody i'll see you on the show
And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. You are all invited to join us on a magical mystery trip through the lives of the Beatles every week on the Yesterday and Today podcast. This show details the chronological journey of the world's most famous band using music, interviews, and rarities collected since the debut of John, Paul, George, and Ringo onto the world stage. We're a fan-made production, and we're available now on iTunes and wherever you find your podcasts. So sit back, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Hold on. Keep holding on. Okay. All right. And I want you to want me. (laughs) And I need you (laughs) to need me. Okay. Oh. Okay. Oh.